Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Bible students throughout the centuries have broken the various books of the Bible into categories or groups to help simplify the study and understanding of these books. There are books of history, books of the prophets, even books of poetry. Exodus has long been considered a book of the law because it was in this book that the commandments and the supplemental ordinances were first given to man from God through Moses. But if we simply stop there and assume that we have the central or basic sense of this book, we will be robbed, even cheated, of the highest realization of this book. With the aid of a wise and experienced tour guide, we can realize that while the law is certainly an important part of the book at its core, Exodus is a book of love, oneness, and binding mutual commitment. Even in the passages where the law of God is presented, Exodus is not only a book of love, but it's a betrothal contract between a loving God and the corporate people of God who are the supreme object of his love. Don't miss our program today, keeping the law of God by loving him and his word and becoming one with him. Bob Danker is with us today as we, I think, Bob, open up one of the real treasures in this ministry. I agree, Brother Chris. It's so good that we could fellowship concerning this matter of the law from the perspective of God's desire to have a people who are one with him. Yeah, this is uh, the first of two programs dealing with this matter in, in depth. And it's potentially, I would say, revolutionary to a lot of God's people. I don't know about you, but I think I could probably speak for many who are listening as well as myself. When you just to hear the term law, there is kind of an inward cringe reaction. It doesn't sound pleasant and something we, we are drawn to automatically. Uh, so to have it sort of re-pictured, and really we get a paradigm shift, as they say, a, a change of perspective on the law, to see this linkage to the matter of love, and it's, it's just tremendous. It is, uh, Chris. Actually, there are two ways to look at the law. One is from the standpoint of commandments and ordinances and requirements upon man which we can never fulfill. Right. And, of course, the law was given to show us that we cannot fulfill God's requirements, and we need Christ. But from the other standpoint, there's another way of looking at the law, and we will, we will look at it from that perspective in this program, and that is from the perspective of God's love for his people and his desire that his people will love him. All right, well, let's get at it. Here's Witness Lee with our first portion. To know a book or a part of the book. Firstly, we have to know what is the subject, the main matter? Suppose a book is a book of love. 
if you understand it as a book of law, surely you will miss the mark. Well, in this book of love, there are some lines with the word law used a few times. If you just pick up those few lines out of context, you would change the nature, the subject of the book, from a book of love to a book of law. This illustration could be、uh, just rightly applied to many Christians in understanding of the matter of God's giving law in the Bible. In order to help us to get into the right apprehension of the matter of law, we first of all have to check out what is God's eternal purpose. God's eternal purpose is to have a people to express Him. For God to do this, there's no other way, but. Just work himself into his people, based upon Genesis one twenty six. God created man in a particular way, in a way that he created man in his own image, after his own likeness. Why? In order that man one day. Can take God in and becomes God's container. So the Bible calls man a vessel to God, a vessel of honor, a vessel of glory, a vessel to contain God. And the New Testament does tell us strongly now in the New Testament age, God does come. To put himself into man, John fourteen twenty three. The Father and I will come to this man who loves me and make a bond with him. Ephesians three even says that Christ may make his home in your heart. There's no other way that we can express God. God desires. Longs to be one with you. He wants to be one with you, and he wants to make you one with him. How could this be? Love is needed for two persons to be one. No doubt, there is the matter of love. Love is the motive. Love is also the incentive. Without love, I don't like to be one with anyone. God is divine, and we are human. Yet God and we, the human beings, can be one. We need God just like a woman needs a husband, and God needs us just like a husband needs a wife. No love is so sweet as this kind of love. Well, Bob, what we're faced with here is backing up, even、uh, you know, to the ten thousand foot view, and I think we learn very much from Witness Lee, who also learned this from his mentor, Watchman Nee. 
that the best way to study the Bible is through the lens of God's central goal, God's central purpose, God's eternal purpose, to use the biblical language. Then you bring each book into that context to try to ascertain what's really there. Because the Bible is not 66 separate books. Of course, there are 66 books, but it is God's one unique offering to man to understand uh, his plan and purpose. So we really need to see even the matter of the law through this context of God's central purpose, which he opened up at least through these three verses. Uh, the reference in Genesis 1:26, God created man in his image and ultimately with his likeness and gave them dominion. That's his expression. Then this wonderful verse in Romans 9.23, in order that he might make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy. And finally, uh, a verse we're quite familiar with in Ephesians 3, Christ wants to make his home in our hearts. This is marvelous, Chris. Uh, To see uh, the matter of the giving of the law in Exodus from the viewpoint of God's eternal purpose. And indeed, we should understand every matter in the Bible From this perspective, this overarching view that God has an eternal plan, a heart desire, a desire deep within him, and as Witness Lee pointed out, God's desire is to gain a group of people who will express him. God's desire is to have man to be his vessel, to be his container, and he wants to be the content. He wants to enter into man and mingle with man and be one with man. Uh, uh, We see this intention right from the beginning of the Bible uh, when God puts man in front of the tree of life and desires that man would partake of that tree. That means to take God into him. And then in the New Testament, of course, God comes to be a man by the name of Jesus. So in the Lord Jesus, God and man are truly one in every way. And this man is the expression of God. Mm. And then we read on in the New Testament how, you know, through his death and resurrection, the life, the divine life that's in the Lord is imparted into all of his believers. And they become the body of Christ, which is obviously the vehicle or the the means for Christ to be expressed. All of this is related to a man receiving God as his life. But the supreme requirement for us to partake of God as our life and to be one with him so that we can be his expression is that we would love him. Hmm. Uh, You know, far more than just these three verses, the Bible is full of uh, these kind of references once we begin to have this realization of God's purpose and plan. And Bob, incorporated into that view, this central view, this central theme uh, of the Bible, is this matter of the oneness between God and man. And that's really what is behind, I think we'll see in this coming portion, God's giving the law in the first place. His desire to have, preserve, and even expand his oneness with his people. That's right, Chris. God wants to be one with man. He wants man to be one with him. And there's no better illustration of this that we know of than the relationship between a husband and wife, which is altogether a matter of love. So without that love, there's no possibility of real oneness between God and man. That's right, Chris. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You have a kind of love, which is the love of the parents toward the children. Then you have the second kind of love, that is the love of the children toward the parents. And this is the honoring love. Then you have the third kind of love, 
That is love between friends. This is called friendly love. Then you have another kind of love, a competing love. A rich one pities a poor one. And this is a competing love. But this is not the love that the Bible mainly talks about. The Bible talks about a love between male and female. It can love between man and woman. This is a kind of affectionate love, so intimate. Nearly no human word can describe this kind of love. Christians today all say that they know the Bible is a book of love. They quote John 3.16, God so loved the world. Even when they quote Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church, they don't realize that love is neither the passionate love, nor the honor love, neither the friend love, nor the pitying love, but the affectionate love. I have loved you with the everlasting love. God loved Israel with this love. What love is this? This is not the pitying love. This is the espousal love. The love in engagement, the love in wedding, the love in marriage. Oh, courting God. God courts? Yes, God courts. Amen. He courts a lot. Amen. <laughs> he courts at you. Amen. And he courts at me. Entire Bible is an engagement paper. What is the ending of these 66 books? Just a marriage life? A marriage life in eternity. Who will be the husband? The triune God. And who will be the wife there? His redeemed one. His chosen people. New Jerusalem will be called what? The wife of the Lamb. God married his Redeem people for eternity. This is the conclusion of the whole book. Oh, this is a universal marriage. A marriage of God with man. Now, you understand what is the real significance in God's giving of the law. The real significance in giving his law is that God wanted to make Israel his spouse. Love is needed. The espousal love, the affectionate love, the love between male and female. Such a love is needed. Oh, Bob, what a, what a wonderful portion we just heard. Uh, began with this presentation that love exists in many forms, in many different aspects. I thought that when he opened up this matter of the, the pitying love, the rich man and the taking pity on the poor person, um, this may be kind of a default for many of us in terms of our thinking of how God really loves me. We obviously view God as the possessor of all things, and we are poor and lowly. He must have a kind of a pitying love. But this is not at all the kind of love that God has for us, his people. 
Well, we need God's mercy, yeah. and that's motivated by his love. So he does have a love toward us that motivates him to be merciful to us, but really the strongest love, the strongest aspect of God's love toward us is the affectionate love of a husband toward a wife. And this is so important that we see this in the scriptures because this kind of love makes two parties one. When a man and a woman love each other, they have to be one. They're fully motivated to be joined in marriage simply because they love each other. And this is the kind of relationship God wants to have with his redeemed people. Not merely that they would bow down before him and worship him, but that they would love him and be joined in oneness with him so that he and they become one, absolutely one. And they become his spouse, his wife, and he becomes their husband, and they become his expression because they receive him as their life and he lives in them. And the requirement, again, we cannot stress this too much, is not that we be strong and powerful to keep all the commandments, which we may, we would like to keep the commandments, but God knows we can't. So what does he really want from us? Just that we would love him. Okay, let's uh, develop this linkage between love and the law. Uh, We opened talking about it. Now we've set this backdrop of God's purpose and then the center of the relationship between God and man being love. Now let's come back and link it up with the matter of the law. A verse in Jeremiah that's referred to uh, in this message, chapter 31, verse 32, says, not like the covenant, which was the law, right? Not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out from the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, although I was their husband, declares Jehovah. So even back in the context of the giving of the law, the bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, this husband, wife, affectionate love, and ultimate marriage is is presented, isn't it? It is, Chris. It's remarkable that in giving the law, God's view was that he was a husband to his people and they were a wife to him. Of course, their view was different from his. They took the law as a set of commandments that they had to keep. But God's view was that he wanted to join himself to his people in a love relationship so that he and his people can be one. This fulfills the deep desire in God's heart. All right, Bob, in our final portion today, we're going to see what the law given by God through Moses really is. Not, as you just pointed out, a series of commandments which he expected us to be able to fulfill in order to gain his favor. There's much more behind it than that. Here's Witness Lee. Eve, as the wife, surely got the life of Adam. Otherwise, how could Eve be one with Adam? The whole thing of Eve was a part of Adam, depicting Christ and the church. The church and Christ just should be like that. The most wonderful thing is this. Whenever you say, Lord Jesus, I love you, what you get? If you love the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus gets into you to be your life and life supply. You know what? In these few years, I feel I need more to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Oneness between husband and wife. In your honeymoon, you might be only one in love. 
not in life yet. But the best marriage eventually will be one in expression. They both are alike. They are one in love, in life, and in expression. This depicts our relationship with God. Firstly, love, then life, then what? Nature and expression. When we are one with God in love, then we receive life, and we get the nature. Then we live this life, and we walk in this nature, and eventually we will be His expression. Now, what is love? Love is just the description of what God is. In other words, love is the description of God. Love is the expression. When we become one with God in love, in life, in nature, and eventually in expression, spontaneously the whole day long, we just keep the law. Spontaneously we keep the law. There's no need for you to have a purpose. Intention to keep the law. You just be one with God in love, in life, in nature, and in expression spontaneously. Whatever you live out, that is the law. Well, Bob, we have a marvelous conclusion here,、uh, talking about the only way it's possible to carry out the law. Well, let's back up and unpack this. First, we saw that the result. Of love is life. In other words, to receive the Lord in love brings in His life.、And、then we saw that with every life there is a nature, and the law depicts God's nature. And until that life is imparted to us, there is no possibility of our carrying out the law. Absolutely, Chris. God does not expect us to keep the law through our own human. Ability. What he wants us to do is receive him as life, and partake of his divine nature, and to live by this life, which is God Himself, to express God, to express what God is. Since the law is a definition and expression of what God is, if we express God, we will keep the law. It's quite wonderful in this way. But again, the key, as we've been talking about for this entire broadcast, is that we must love the Lord. Right. And the wonderful thing that touched me when Brother Lee speaking was that whenever we tell the Lord that we love Him, we receive Him as our life. That is marvelous. So, what should we do? Should we tell the Lord, "Lord, I will do my best to keep your commandments"? No,、right. that's not the right way. The right way is to say, "Lord Jesus, I love you." When the scribe asked the Lord Jesus what the greatest commandment is in Mark twelve verse thirty, the Lord said, "The greatest commandment, the first commandment, is you shall love the Lord your God from your whole heart." And from your whole soul, from your whole mind, and from your whole strength, and later in his epistles in Romans chapter thirteen, in verse eight, Paul said that we should owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for those who love their neighbor, they fulfill the law. So love is the fulfillment of the law. Again, God's intention. In giving the law, was that his people would love him, 
and by loving him, they would receive him as their life, would enjoy his nature, and would live by his life and nature, would live out God himself to be God's expression, and spontaneously, without even trying, they would keep the law. In a quite a touching way, he used this again, this example of love and union between a husband and a wife. And he was talking about at the honeymoon stage, the oneness there is really just a oneness of love, which is marvelous. But not long ago, I celebrated with my wife our 40th anniversary. And I can say today, while there was certainly a sweet oneness of love on that honeymoon, the oneness that we have today is gone far beyond that. And now things that I used to not like, but I knew she liked, have now become my likes. <laughs> and I just take care of them spontaneously for her. And likewise, she has picked up many of the things I care about that she had no thought or, care or, or love for. Now those are important to her as well. Of course, this is superficial in a sense, but in another sense, it's quite graphic of the union and oneness that is really our intended portion with God. Absolutely, Chris. Well, it's been uh, really an enjoyable time today with this life study. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really part one of a two-part message. So don't miss our next broadcast on the life study of Exodus. And Bob, thanks for being with us. It's always enjoyment. It really is. That's our program for today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. To discover more of what Living Stream has to offer, please visit ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll be able to read over 600 titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee online and free of charge. Again, the website, ministrybooks.org. Thanks for listening today.